We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast the game week edition of the pack a day podcast i'm your host jacob morley you can find me on twitter at jacob morley and i'm joined this evening afternoon morning whenever you're listening uh by the the one and only ross uglum ross it is officially game week it is officially vikings week and for someone of your stature up in the northland this is a little bit uh a little bit a little bit bigger than some other weeks especially starting out week one um first of all what's your confidence level looking like how are you feeling going into this week just ready to kind of you know, I guess fend off these swarms of Vikings fans who don't really have a history of their team being bad yet this year. So the hate coming from them is probably going to be a little bit more powerful than usual. How are you handling this said uh, trash talking? Yeah, I mean, um, always tough when you open the season at their place, you know. Um, I guess I'm not really familiar with... um, the line uh haven't checked that out i would assume it's got to be pretty close to a pick uh just with green bay being the better team but not playing in minnesota okay yeah minus one and a half green bay favored um some places you have to get it to minus two but i mean it's basically a coin flip and uh you know if it's going to be a season split oftentimes um it's, 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 you know, at your place and at their place. So the, the idea that Owen one is possible is, is very real, you know? So you ask for a confidence meter, I'm like a four. Um, I don't think that changes, you know, my confidence meter um, for the season very much, but specific to this game. Yeah. That's, that's about where I'm at. Right, and there's so many storylines going into this game. I mean, you have the the new young Packers offense. What's that going to look like? You have the new, you know, talented Packers defense. What's that going to look like? And then on the Viking side of the ball, you have, you know, brand new coaching staff, and you have 
a lot of change that's you know, happened in Minnesota the, over the last, you know, six months. So I think it's hard to really get a grasp on on either of these teams right now and what they're going to look like. And I think ultimately what it'll come down to is what it always comes down to um, throughout the course of a 17-week season, and that's quarterback play. And, you know, Kirk Cousins in himself, you know, I had I had a thought about Kirk Cousins today, Ross, and it was basically, you know, if you if you threw everything about every single quarterback into – a mixing bowl and you mixed it all together and you put that in the oven and baked it, you pretty much have Kirk cousins. Like he is the average of everybody. Like he's not great at anything. He's not terrible at anything. Um, and that's just kind of who he is and that's who he's been. And that's why the Vikings have kind of struggled to get over the hump really. Well, not just in Kirk cousins, you know, instance, they've struggled to get over the hump since their existence, but, uh, you know, since he's been there, it's been it's been tough for them to win playoff games um, and kind of you know make things happen when they matter. So, what I think will be interesting just going into this game because we don't have you know we don't have any tape for regular season tape on either of these teams to look at, and that's always a unique perspective on Week One. Um, I think it's interesting just to kind of look through the roster and the depth charts of both of these teams and just kind of compare, like, hey, where. Where are the Vikings stronger than the Packers, and, and vice versa? And so I, that's what I want to do today. And and we can we can gloss right over the quarterback position, unless you have anything to add to it. I mean, if you had to pick Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins, you'd have to be an absolute psychopath to pick Kirk Cousins. Um, so I think the Packers definitely have the advantage there at the quarterback position. Uh, but where it gets interesting, and this I know has been brought up multiple times, because I think when you look at just positional. Uh, talent. This is probably the closest one, and that is the running back position. Obviously, the Packers top two with AJ, you know, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Then you look at the Vikings with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. You know, you try to take off, you try to, you know, get rid of any type of bias that you might have, Ross. And truthfully, what if you had to go with a group of two guys, who would you take? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely take the Packers group. It's not, it's not, um, you know, like a wide gap for me necessarily, but um, I just think Dylan is to me, well, like he's pro football focus is number one overall back from a season ago. I'm not saying he's the best back in the league, but like to me, Dylan and Jones are both like top 10 to 12 backs in the league, both of them. And Madison just doesn't, like past that mustard um, gun to my head. Would I rather have Dalvin cook or Aaron Jones probably rather have Dalvin cook, but I think as a group, um, especially once you start talking about, you know, Kylan Hill, Patrick Taylor, uh, Tyler Goodson, like I, I just like the Packers guys better. And that's, I think if you ranked those four guys, one through four for me, it would be Dalvin cook would be one, but then not that big of a gap would be Jones and Dylan behind him. And then I think there's a, you know, Madison's a good player. Like he, he is a nice football player. I'm not trying to, to knock him at all, but I just think there's a, pr- a pretty large gap between Dylan and Jones and then Madison. And that's why I think you go with the Packers in, in this specific instance where you're talking about just the running back position. Um, the other, you know, offensive skill position uh, let's, let's just group group it all together with wide receivers and tight ends. And I I think it's probably pretty heavily favored Minnesota just because Justin Jefferson is probably one of the best five receivers in the National Football League right now. 
Um, but Ross, what say you? How do you feel about that? Absolutely. Yep. Um, no, I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's much to say about that. I mean, I'm. I'm with you a hundred percent. Um, I don't, well, well, there, there literally isn't much to say because the Packers, we have no idea, right? Right. We have no idea what this is going to look like for them. And you have guys like Lazard that you like, but you, you know, you can't put him in the same category as Justin Jefferson. That would be ridiculous. Right. Even, even, even Thielen, you know, I would, Thielen would probably be, probably be wide receiver one on this Packers football team right now. Right. And so if you're, you know, if you're super uh, or wanting like kind of a homer take, uh, I guess I'll give you the homer take. I, I think there's a chance that like receivers two through four could be on the Packers um, by the end of the season. You know, if, if, because uh, I, I don't actually love KJ Osborne in the way that a lot of people do. Um, in my opinion, you know, I think there's a chance that Thielen gets or like hits that wall this year, potentially we've seen it, you know, with not with, with guys that get to be around his age, like it can happen. So you want a Homer take, there isn't a chance on God's green earth that a player on green Bay supersedes Justin Jefferson after this season or during this season. But you could hope that, you know, Lazar dubs and Watson, by the end of the year, are all playing better than Thielen. It, it could happen. Um, I'm not saying it's likely, but it's it's on the table. Yeah, sure. And, and that would that would probably mean things have gone well in Green Bay, though, as well. You know, like that's oh, yeah. that's probably what you'd be hoping for as a Packers fan that some someone steps up and can be a dude. I think the tight end position is probably a wash, if not skewed to the Packers. It just depending on what you what your feelings on Irv Smith Jr. are. Um, I think him and Big Bob are probably cancel each other out. And then after that, you probably like the depth in Green Bay a little bit. But I don't think either of those groups are groups that you're going to want to hang your hat on. And that's something I just got done talking to, to, to Dorf about this on his Game on Wisconsin mega show. And they were talking about the tight end position. And if there is a blind spot in Green Bay for Goody, and even going back to late Ted Thompson years, it's the tight end position. It's got to be right. They, like in the off season, they talked about how they really liked Tyler Davis. Why did we? Why did we believe that that was good? <laughs> you know, like who have they really ever scouted at the tight end position that they've hit on recently? And so for them to kind of be like, "Oh, we really Bob. like Tyler Davis," we're all like, "Oh, cool." I mean, Bob. Bob, Big Bob, sure, sure, but like Big Bob was a quarterback at Indiana State who just stuck around at tight end and eventually developed. Like, I don't want to say they lucked into developing him because I don't think luck has anything to do with it. But I mean, that's a shot in the dark, man. Like they've invested, they've invested very heavily in the tight end position. I think that's to say something too. Like the Sternberger top 100 pick DeGuara, top 100 pick uh, Bennett, you know, big time free agency signing uh, Jimmy Graham, big time free agency signing. And then the guy that develops is a, undrafted free agent quarterback from Indiana state supersedes all those guys, you know? So I think that kind of goes to show like, you know, maybe they just have been unlucky at the position. Uh, 
but that's kind of me getting off track anyways, because I don't think I don't think either of these offenses have a tight end to really hang their hat on. And if Big Bob is the guy is the guy in any offense, I think that offense probably has problems. Well, right, um, but because like it's not it's not like Mike Backer, you know, where you talk about blind spot, and it's just like a place that they refuse to draft. They did not refuse to draft. They tried their asses off, actually. Yep. Yeah, they have. And we have not reaped the benefits of that at all yet. It, You know, depending on maybe, you know what, maybe DeGuara has a good season, but, and I said this on the show too, I didn't like DeGuara when he came out. Like, I, I just didn't see it. I thought he was an undersized tight end. I didn't really get where anyone was going to use him. When the Packers took him, it was kind of like, okay, like, sure, they're going to play him at fullback tight end, kind of that age back. Like, okay, I, I'll get on board with that. I'll, I'll let it, you know, I'll, I'll root for that to happen. It really hasn't yet. It's not to say it couldn't, but even just, just Aguara playing at his peak, what does that look like? You know, like, is that a guy that you're going to, you're going to say, Hey, we're, we want to feed this guy in our offense. Like, I just don't think that's it. Um, but in any case, uh, the fullback position, Ross, uh, CJ ham versus nobody. CJ ham's kind of a fun player for the Vikings. So uh, I'm just looking at their dev chart moving to, Moving to offensive line, um, I mean it's with a help, healthy Bakhtiari and Jenkins, it's it's a no brainer. But without him, uh, without either, what you're making this more complicated than it is. How so? Because they start at least two guys that flat out stink. Who the Vikings? Bradbury yeah. and Ingram. Whatever guard isn't Cleveland. Ed Ingram? He's a rookie. We don't know if he stinks. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> stinks. stinks. <laughs> uh, man, I was going to look this up today. I'm pretty sure like 10% of Garrett Bradbury's. Is, uh, probably. Bradbury has been a huge disappointment. I wouldn't call him a huge bust because he hasn't been. Yeah, he's been pretty awful. I was going to say, I think like 10% of his actively pressure is allowed. Are against the Packers. Like Kenny, Kenny Clark is his father, and which is weird because I think Bradbury is actually older than Kenny. But, but, but I mean, let me tell you something. You're it's it's not the case. I as somebody who's around Vikings fans more than I'd like to be, he's always bad, and they're always angry about it. Oh, really? They don't like him, huh? No. Well, he does. He does stink. So. That's fine. Uh, so you're going to go – so you – that's an interesting take to me. So you think even without – let's say Bakhtiari and Jenkins don't play, you still are saying Packers. Take them. Well, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I, you still, in my opinion, don't have people on – even without those two guys, nobody that will start for Green Bay is actively bad unless you're talking about Royce – and Royce is quite a bit better at what he does than Bradbury. Yeah. I I like, you know, I do like what the Vikings have done at their tackle positions the last couple of years in bringing in Brian O'Neill. And I think Christian Derrissaw actually had a pretty good rookie year. Um, but yeah, that interior offensive line, that is where I think, you know, if this, if this game gets out of hand, Ross, it's because the Packers front seven is as advertised and they're just giving, that offensive line of business, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility in this game. I think you look at 
you look at where the biggest mismatch, you know, team versus team is, and it is absolutely the Packers front seven versus the Vikings offensive line. And I do think they're going to wreak some havoc in this game. Um, but moving to moving to the defensive side of the ball where the Vikings have, you know, the last few years, well, really not really the last few years, but historically in the last decade, I suppose you could say, have been better than the Packers on de- like on defense. I don't think that is – that's not being wild. Like they have actually been pretty good under Mike Zimmer. And uh, it'll. this is where I think it will get interesting with this team because – you don't have Zimmer there. Like we saw, we saw what he was able to do for certain players. And I, I know someone that Packers fans have been kind of bringing up is Anthony Harris, who had, was good for the Vikings, right? Was good under Mike Zimmer. But now that he's gone, and even when he was there, like when he went to Philadelphia, he was actively bad. And when I saw his name come up on my Twitter timeline, I asked, I asked some Philadelphia fans, like, is he good? Is he any good anymore? And they're like, no terrible so without Zimmer I I wonder what the safety play is going to look like I think Harrison Smith is is absolutely scheme proof I love watching Harrison Smith play football uh as much as that pains me to say but let's go through this as well we already talked about the Packers front seven he's staring washed in the face too though he is no he is he's definitely um he's definitely lost a step but I still think he's a good player He's not an all pro anymore, but I, he still scares me. He's still a guy that I think is, is savvy enough to make a play in a big moment. Um, And maybe that's just past experience. Maybe that's just him. Maybe that's, you know, the Brett Hundley experience against the Vikings when Harrison Smith absolutely wrecked his career, Brett Hundley. Uh, But let's look at, so let's look at their front set, their front four. They looks like, are they going to run a four, three this year? It looks like, that's what it looked. No, no, they're not. They're, I had heard allegedly that Minnesota was going to run a three-four for the first. They are. Time. They are. They are. That's what I, I just I was reading it wrong. So they have uh, at five tech. They have Dalvin Tomlinson, who, if you like to stop in the run, sure. And then Jonathan Bullard. <laughs> and then I actually like Harrison Phillips. I think Harrison Phillips is a nice player, but like nice but again, player, like like a Dean Lowry, like, like a Dean Lowry type player. Dude. Is he getting up there in age? Dean Dean gets way way closer to the quarterback than a Harrison Phillips. Harrison Phillips is only twenty six. Uh, we're not but, talking the same thing. But yes, like to your point, he's had he has one and a half sacks in his career. So, and I'm looking up his what are, what are his uh this is so great this is great listening my, right now. Okay, Harrison Phillips, who by the way I do like as a player. Same. Um, he has oh boy, forty three career pressures in twelve hundred snaps. Not great, and Bob. For reference, I believe Dean had more than that last year. Not great, Bob. Let's look here. Let's let's looky here. Looky here, Dean Lowry. How many pressures did you have last season? Total pressures last year, forty two. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, so yeah. yeah, there you go. So I, I retract my Harrison Phillips is a Dean Lowry type player. I apologize, Dean. He cannot hold your water. So I think, yeah. So, I mean, if, if we, today's NFL Ross is getting after the quarterback, I don't think there's any question that the Packers are better up front than the Vikings are. Um, linebacker is interesting. Uh, Cause they do run it. They're on that. They're on that three, four now. Tough break. Um having to play Minnesota before Zadarius and or Daniil get hurt. That's true. That's true. We'll probably get their best. Zadarius, I I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about Z. He might be he's, he's still he might be, he might still be awesome. I really don't know. Um the Packer the thing about Z that is interesting to me is he's not a perfect player. The you know, the 49ers figured that out and they ran right at him and CJ and Moster is still running. Uh, so I wonder what the, how the Packers are going to attack him, right? Like, are they just going to run at him? Are they just going to let Elton go after him and just do the thing and let him have his one sack in the fourth quarter? I don't know. Uh, but I think you look at, so the Packers are running out at edge, Rashawn and Preston Smith, the Vikings are Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. And if everybody stays healthy, all things considered, I think that's closer than what people probably would think. Because Daniil Hunter, when healthy, is a very good football player. Zadarius Smith, when healthy, can get after the quarterback. And this is going to sound sacrilegious here, Ross, but the Packers, where I think where they separate themselves, is that inside linebacker. And that's with Eric Kendricks, who I think the world of. And, but and then, to me, on the defensive line, actually, like, Give like man, I I just think from an actually getting up the field standpoint, like Clark, 
Wyatt, Reed, Lowry, and Slayton is just going to p- create so much more of a push than – I mean, I, I honestly think Minnesota's basically like throwing three nose tackles out there. Like, it, it's wild to me what they're trying to do with this personnel. Yeah, they don't have – you know, none of those three guys are, are someone that you're going to look at and say like, oh, man, he might cause problems. Like, I don't know how they're going to get after the quarterback. You know, it's going to be on Z on and Daniil Hunter. Yeah. Or they're going to have and, to play. Right. And that's where, you know, Eric Kendricks is, is a really good football player. Like, he can he can wreck a game. Um, but Jordan Hicks is not. That's their other starting inside linebacker. That's someone that, you know, if you watch the Packers last year when they played with two linebacker sets and one was Chris Barnes, really didn't matter how good Devondre was. You just target 51 and do that all day. Like, that's what I think you do with against the Vikings as well. Um their secondary is kind of a mess. You know, man, really nothing scares you here. Uh, Cam Dantzler, I think, is a nice young player. Uh, Patrick Peterson is not who he was. Harrison Smith, someone, you know, we already talked about him, not who he was. And then uh, Cameron Bynum, uh, which surprisingly to me, I, I love Lewis Seen in the draft. And as of right now, he's second on their depth chart. Like Bynum kept him kept him at bay so I don't I don't know what's going on with that uh, I think Lewis seen is the only guy in that group that scares me just because I know what he was at Georgia uh, but when you compare them to what the Packers have Ross there's just really no comparison and I and that's not even to to disparage the Vikings I think that's going to be the case for most teams playing the Packers this year when you just look at what the Packers have in their secondary versus pretty much every other team in the NFL and the Packers just I mean they're start they're their starting five essentially is, you know, is just really, really good. And I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to to compare with that. But when you look at matchups, though, Ross, and, you know, who – and it's – man, just, who who on the Packers team is going to get open against Patrick Peterson and Cameron Dantzler? Everyone. You think so? You, even I think if – I think they both stink. <laughs> okay. What about Andrew Booth, Jr.? He's I nice. can sit open on Andrew Booth Jr. I, I stink. So you you think even without and that's the thing we can touch on this too. Talk talk about the injuries. It looks like Bakhtiari will be back. He said he thinks he's on track to be there week one, but now there's some talk that Lazard and Watson still aren't going to be ready for week one. That's fine. So, Let's see if I cook Patrick Peterson into pieces. <laughs> Who Sammy? C Dub. No, I'm, I'm talking about C-Dub might not be ready for week one. Says who? I just, There was some chatter. There was some scuttlebutt on the on the interwebs today that he is still uh, he's still dealing with the with the knee. Okay. That's, I, I don't know. But then there definitely was facts that Alan Lazard is in a walking boot right now. So, that's not good. Yeah, that seems not great, Bob. But that's all right. Let the uh, let the young Hall of Famer go out there and do do the thing in uh, Romeo Dubs, and they'll be just fine. I hope. I, hope. I still don't but, love not having not having Lazard. That's that's not great. No, not having Lazard would be bad. That would be bad. He's kind of even though you know say what you want about him, I think he's going to be the he's going to be the the steadying force of this wide receiver room this year, and. Might even be a breakout candidate. I don't know. 
Would you be would you be shocked if Alan Lazard finishes the season with like 80 catches, 1200 yards and eight touchdowns? No. I don't think I would either. No. I think that seems like especially with a 17 game season yeah. being the, being the guy with Aaron Rodgers, I almost feel like that's he should. He should just have that. But but we'll see, and that's you know that's the fun. The week one, the excitement is always fun, but I I always enjoy previewing games after we get some stuff on tape and after we start to see kind of how these teams um, identify themselves and what their identity is and all that stuff. So we'll have all that stuff coming for you guys. But that's all we got for today. I mean, it's game week, baby. It's it, this is it. You know, this time next week we're gonna be talking about a Packers team with a record, yeah, you know, one and 0 and one, whatever it might be. So. Uh, just important to keep in mind that it is a long season. Uh, I don't think anything is going to be as bad as what they they walked out and did last year, Ross, against the Saints, when this, the literal sky was falling for a week in Green Bay, and then they just ripped off 13 wins in a season. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, we'll see. Uh, and that's the other thing, man. Like You talk about going to Minnesota to play. The Packers are very aware of how bad they looked in week one of last year, and they do not want a repeat repeat performance of that, I am certain. So um, I, I would guess that uh, things are getting ramped up in Green Bay, and they're going to be ready to play. At least I hope so. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about it next week, and we'll talk about uh, whoever the heck they're going to play in week two, and we'll go over all that stuff. And until then, thank you for listening, and uh, go back up.